Welcome to the Today Dreamer podcast. I'm so appreciative to have you here with us. The podcast and YouTube channel is here to help you cultivate your practice of presence so that you may more fully be able to contribute and participate in the blossoming of the emergent world story in your own unique way. Today's guest is Renee McCready, who is a shamanic healer, plant wisdom teacher, plant-based chef, earth doula, wild crafter, and an earth wisdom holder and educator. This is part of a two-part series, and there's an encouragement to engage in both parts if you're feeling like you're getting something out of the show. Before we do move into things with Renee, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to pause with us. You may like to close down the eyes, come into a deeper state of stillness or focus in on a point in the distance as we do this. And in your own way and in your own time, there's an open invitation to take a really slow and gradual inhalation in through the nose. And whenever it is that you may reach the peak of this mountain, feel free to just pause for a moment, noticing the subtleties of your experience. And when it feels right, exhale just as gracefully as you release. You might like to do this one more time as we gracefully move into this conversational space with Renee. So one of my hats that I have practiced in the past is I'm a, a raw plant-based chef. I don't, I don't do it as a, a job these days, but it is still very integral to how I live. Although my philosophy is different now on veganism than it has been in the past. It's much more in accordance to the shamanic pathway now. Um, but I feel like food is actually a really good place for people to start to connect more to um, the, the practices of earth wisdom and right relationship. Because when we start with the food, we're nourishing ourselves and we're nourishing our loved ones. So why wouldn't we want to do it from a space of love and, and good quality nourishment? I mean, I just, I think that there is a re-education that needs to happen and is happening around it. Um, but it doesn't have to be a big, a, a great big um, thing for people. It can be just slowly implementing, you know, healthier food options. But one of the things I say to my students is, um, what if we were to introduce more food into our lifestyle that added more light? And what does that mean for you? More light. Mm. Yeah, foods that add more light. So I go back sort of the foundations of the food for me are a lot to do with how we hold light and how our cells hold light. So they literally have hold photonic energy in the cells of the body they hold the cells hold an electrical charge that runs across the cells that has an interrelationship with water in our body as well so when we speak to the food and when we speak to the water we're speaking to 
you know, the energy in our in our body and the light in our body. And then if we think of the sun and the sun holds light and the sun's an activator, the sun, you know, helps the plants create chlorophyll, which is their blood source that we then consume. And if we look at those interrelationships, how if we just think about adding more light, immediately it takes us to a place of, well, I want to eat more, you know, I want to introduce more whole food or more plants into my diet. Doesn't mean you have to go vegan or you have to go any particular strict and strict dietary ways. It just means intuitively listening more to what your body requires. Mm. Um, so that's kind of one of the one of my philosophies is the light. <laughs> um, and then there's the concept around assimilation as well. So if we think about assim we're assimilating the nutrients from the food. But we can't separate ourselves as a tool of assimilation. So we're also assimilating and extracting from our environment continuously. So the, the process of assimilation is not just about eating the food. It's about where we place ourselves in the moment we're eating, who we place ourselves with, the, where the food has come from, the assimilation of that, of the food, the things that we're growing. So you know, we're, we're continually um, in relationship to our environment and the food that we're eating. So we need to sort of, it's like, almost like, again, I feel like I'm continually going back to the principle of the holographic universe, really. Um, I believe in fasting as well. I, I'd like to, I'd love to know your feelings around fasting too. I think it's, it's um, incredibly beneficial on a physical and on a spiritual level mm. um, and that's something I do a lot of and benefit a lot from as well um, what else can I tell you about food <laughs> <laughs> yeah tell me more I could so many things I could so um, I have I, I call it kitchen wisdom so another part of food that I feel like I would like to maybe impart for people is um, ancestral food ways. So the bridge between you, the land and your own ancestors. So I always think about when I'm thinking about how I exist and navigate the world, I think about my blood ancestry. I think about the land that grew me and I took my first breath. And I, then I think about the land that I now reside on that holds me. And so those three sort of poignant points come into sort of, you know, anything that I do. And with food, if I think you, you think back into your ancestral food ways, it's when we start to maybe recover um, recipes that got handed down or asking family members for recipes from the grandmothers and starting to recreate some of those old recipes, taking them that you might want to change some of the food items in there to more suit your eating habits, but, but um, bringing a rebirth and a, and a reincarnation to these, to these old ways that the recipes through our lines were held. And the thing is, is that if you come from certain cultures like Western cultures, we were like, yeah, but what was it? Potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my ancestral food from like, you know, 
Celtic origins, but there's always there's always the land that you come from. I come from Aotearoa, so for me, the land that grew me was about you know root vegetables. And so my alignment in my body to that food is strong. So they would nourish me. So working with root vegetables like the kumara. And then where I live now, the land that I live on now, I live, you know, in a forest in, in um, regional Victoria. So it's like wild food. I have an abundance of wild food, food that I can go out and forage that, that's bioregional. It's from my biome. So my microbiome and the biome of this land are finding relationship. Mm. So I'm covering those kind of covering off those, those three areas in my ancestral food ways, if that makes sense. And this is a philosophy, I suppose, or a, uh, that I've kind of just developed over the years of being a foodie. But it's also the thing that interests me is the merge between food and this and nutrition from a spiritual perspective. And I call it holographic nutrition. Yeah. You mentioned the word holographic a few times. And I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you, uh, yeah. I'm very curious to hear more about your take on, on that word, but um, what you've shared is yeah, quite insightful there in terms of blending the three different. Yeah. The ancestry on, on a deep blood level where you've, where you've been kind of um, created and then where you are now. Yeah and considering those spaces yeah and the matching between the biome and kind of your microbiomes that's Microbiome. quite a mind-blowing thought yeah that, that's a whole other and 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 when I teach my students I, we do go off onto tangents around that one that's a bit of a mind blower for a lot of people yeah yeah that's that's and your ancestors that that's the thing the biome that exists that you live in the soil that it's also it's all our ancestors you know yeah all of it and it's all inside you as well as outside of you yeah that makes total sense mm. um, and I, I mean <laughs> when I um yeah I'm just kind of thinking of water now in this moment yeah water. how that fits into the kind of hol hologram <laughs> yeah well it's hollow you know it um you know water we know that water um holds memory and we know that it's a the great carrier of consciousness and um i often think about how water holds the environment as well so it holds echoes or imprints of the environment so that's why if we can get the cleaner the water we can get the better it is because it's actually holding in a way the homopathic of the environment that it's in part of the reason why i live where i live now is because of the water mm, so this was a conscious yes. part of your decision it was actually my partner um, that time. Yeah. And and he um, he had insights through his own visions um, of a particular area that held amazing water that was pure and crystals that were in the earth. And he got the name of where it was and everything, where we live. And we came and had a look and couldn't believe that it was actually in a forest. And this was uh, six six and a half years ago now and mm -hmm. seven years ago and um the water here because we live not far from dalesford and the water is we basically go and collect our water straight out of the ground and it's mineralized and charged and structured it's all there and you know sometimes i have to slap myself to remember that i get to drink this incredible water all of the time and i feel like it's a 
you know, it's hydrating on, on a whole other level, you know, hydrating the body, but also the mind, you know, on a whole other level. Mm. And um, <clears throat> it's just with water, it's like we want to, we want to try and take water into the space of being as close to nature as it possibly can. So we can, we can restructure our water, but we also want to move away from drinking water that's um, fluoridated and chlorinated and full of chemicals as much as we possibly can anyway. Um, and then there's blessing and prayer that we can use. And, um, and the thing about water is it teaches us so much because, you know, water seeks relationship and it teaches us so much about that as well. It, it will form whatever container we put water in, it'll take that particular form of wherever we place it. And it's also the waterways, the blood, the waterways of earth, are the blood of the earth mm. as well. So there's so much nourishment in that. And what I often say to my students is when you drink your glass of water, just, and you mentioned this before, Michael, when you were saying, you know, the elements that were involved and where it came from and all the things like this is really something to ponder and consider when you're eating your food or drinking your glass of water is what does this represent to you? What does this hold? What's been before this moment? Where does this cyclic back to? What moment does this cycle back to? What do you mean by that last part? Uh, like back to like, for example, um, with a food source, who planted the seed? Where did that, where did the plants come from? Where did they grow? What soil was it? Mm. Um, what country was it? You know, people I think often don't even query where their food is grown, let alone if it's Australian or grown outside the country. Just yeah. things like that, just the awareness of these things. Yeah. And what does it represent that we're putting that into our into mm -hmm. our bodies? And yeah, that's kind of yeah. That's like that's reverence. That's have that's that really is having reverence. And then we when we have that reverence, it's um it sort of changes the relationship and it changes the energy in that moment of how the assimilation, what, what I spoke about before about how we're assimilating constantly. We're in this exchange constantly with the world. And if we can just take those moments, um, it's funny, the more I talk to you about things, the more I realize that so much of it is very, very connected to Buddhist perspective as in, I don't think I'd actually thought that so much before until you mentioned it. Mm. I find it fascinating how, I mean, what I've noticed from just speaking to you and, and just, you know, um, the process of us connecting in this way is that there's, there's a real blending of different traditions within, within yeah. you, or, but within all of us really, but it seems yeah. like there can be, you know, alternate paths where some people get on kind of one path for a long period of time. And then that kind of, yeah, it becomes a really deep part of their story and other people maybe gather from different elements. And then, you know, ultimately we're all creating our own from these different spaces. It's sovereign, isn't it, really, in the end? And, you know, I think about what is interesting. I was actually thinking about what you just said this morning. And I actually wrote something down about ancestral work and that our ancestral work, there's our blood line. There's our line of um the land where we live and then there is what inspires us on an ancestral level mm. so what inspires us on an ancestral level would be like for example playing the medicine drum mm. 
that might not be that's not I'm you know my lineage my blood lineage but it's inspired me and it make and it and it connects deeply with me and makes me want makes me um want to share it and as a medicine tool but it's not my bloodline so I'm I was acknowledging how we're how we are built up of these many components yeah uh, but I was yeah. seeing an ancestral I think a lot on the ancestral ways <laughs> the old ways so it's interesting like, to think yeah especially in this day and age of you know cultural appropriation and this kind of um, narrative I think it's important to remember that that exists but so does being inspired and yeah, well, that's, if that's we're in reverence, yeah so if we're in reverence to it and we're humble in it and we acknowledge it mm -hmm. then it changes it from being I'm just appropriating this because I want to be cool to there's something in this that's so meaningful and it connects to me so deeply because globally all people did very similar things once upon a time. The Celts held virgin quests and medicine circles with psilocybin and all of that, very similar to the, to the South Americans, different but similar. So when we're, we're called into our, our sort of medicine work in different ways, whatever that is, sometimes our entry point is through something like ayahuasca or um, going to a drumming circle or do you know what I mean? It might not be where we finish up, but it's our entry point. And so we must be mindful of, of, of that. That's part of the process of our, of our evolution back to um, ourselves again, which hopefully is going to be the thing that, you know, saves us in the end is like this is the reconnection back to ourselves, back to the land. And mm. what a big, what a big topic. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what's what you're sharing right now is actually quite a lot for me as well. Really recently, and and at the moment, actually, like really yeah. recently, because there's a sense of, yeah, I mean, I'm in a similar kind of a process. I would say in terms of, uh, a, yeah, re amalgamation of different, um, from a blend of different kind of influences, and this mm. whole idea of working through deeper aspects of, like what you said earlier about you feel like something's kind of completed, but then you you're going around the the same part of the mountain and you're like oh yeah well it's there's still much more here than i had anticipated and um this uh, this area of shame actually comes up and the area of kind of yeah maybe an unconscious element of shame around you know in that process of of how do we yeah how do we then form this new clay with all these kind of um with the deeper deeper aspects of shame still held within our bodies and with our beings through our own you know upbringing or even through the ancestral line yeah. and there's a sense of um yeah almost like a a sovereignty that comes in forming our own truth through whatever different you know um different uh lines have led into our into our existence and into our very being yeah um, without needing to compare or become someone that we're not it's a sense of really stepping into who we are with with um yeah by by dropping that that sense of shame and coming in back into an inner truth or authenticity yeah it seems like yeah. it's quite an important process and it is a difficult thing in the world that we live in with um you know i was talking to someone last night actually 
around this, one of your students, because I, I wanted to just have a bit of a chat with a few people around their experience of your work. And um, we were talking about how uh, there's examples of that, uh, almost like um, uh, a certain perspective of success being achieved uh, without going down that path. And then there's a sense of, um, yeah, what does it look like to just close your eyes and, and walk and to trust your own footsteps and to breathe into your own, you know, just sing to the sound of your own drum for a, for a moment, for a place of truth. Mm. and what, what comes out in that point what what um what develops and what can we contribute from that space i think yeah that that definitely seems like uh, yeah part of the journey that's alive for me at the moment in exploring that and and moving into that space with open eyes and an open heart yeah it's like you it's like when we rediscover um parts of our own blueprint you know that's yeah. sort of fundamental um, soul spark within us that um, ho holds the story. Holds yeah. The story. yeah I guess this kind of takes place multiple times throughout our life. Yeah, I, I 100%, 100%. And like you were talking about the mountain, like I often have this analogy that I use for myself where I'm like thinking about I'm moving up, up a spiral and sometimes you're revisiting something and you're like, really, am I here again? Yeah. But the difference is, is like the mountain analogy is you're moving around it, but it's a, it's a different vantage point. Yeah. So the experience might feel the same, but your perspective is going to be different or deeper, at least if you've experienced it before. And there might be a bigger, ah, right. I mean, I know this is a pretty common um, understanding, but even such, I think that um, I know I continually need to be reminded that myself, you know, that's okay for me to be revisiting this, you know, like even me being in this recreation space um, at the moment, it's like, I couldn't, I was thinking about it the other day and it's like, I could not, I can't separate my business from Renee because my business is me. Like I'm so intrinsically merged with, how I how I am of service mm. to who I am as a person that my business and myself had to recreate simultaneously at the same time can you tell me more about that because that's just like an area that I'm definitely um this whole idea of business is and is is, a, is an interesting one because it's yeah. like yeah there can be an over or an under kind of development in this area of merging money and survival or thrive thriving with yeah. being of service and it's an interesting space to explore because yeah going over or under isn't quite balanced and this middle path is an important aspect of the journey i'm i'm learning at the moment yeah yeah, yeah it really is and I, I feel like it's it's one of the trickier trickier parts to learn when we're in these spaces as business yeah and um, I feel like I'm I'm starting to understand. I'm not saying I understand it completely. I think that's part of what I'm doing now yeah. is understanding that. And, you know, I've had people say to me, but, you know, you were doing so well as, as you know, with my, my business name of Lady Pachamama, which I've kind of been for the last few years. And, yeah. you know, it's almost like, why would you pull the plug out from that now? You know, mm. um, but to me, it was perfect timing to move back into the space of the void. And because I needed to initiate more 
and step in to teach him more. And to do that, I had to undo. And by doing that and in the recreation, I can take those as I'm I'm working with it, I'm I'm imagining, you know how I said blueprint before. Yeah. I'm imagining the architecture and then the foundations and the pillars moving up from that space of the architecture. And as part of that, I have to honor both the um the being of service aspect, but also the physical manifestation of what that looks like in the world for me to live as well and finding that place of honoring you know well, what am I worth and is it's okay for me to say that it's okay for me to to be in that empowered state now mm. I've, I've done I haven't done all the work and I'll never do all the work but I've done a degree of work that's allowed me to sit in this point where it's okay now to to step up and to be met on that level in remuneration, say financially or energetically or um, so it's like a refining and then a constant <laughs> refining. Does that make sense? Definitely. It's exactly what's happening yeah. to me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, when you, I think it, there's something about it too, you're probably, I don't know if you're feeling the same way. I'm sort of imagining that you are though. Um, for me, it's like, if I know that if I come from, my integrity yeah is really important to me that's the answer um, right then yeah then i'm not going to do it wrong i'm not going to like um it, it's always it's going to it's going to turn up right and that's yeah. something i am constantly of concern of especially in this day and age of the curation that you see online and all the stuff you know the fake stuff is like i am you know like it's almost that has almost pushed me more into what I'm about to offer out into the world as well. It's In like way? Um, short courses. Um, we can you can do a two day course and you can practice shamanic work or ceremonial work or medicine work or do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's something. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel the same. This this <laughs> idea of like a real deepened preparation and yeah. integration to whatever experience is offered. Is, is it seems vital because it can be this this idea of you know well how to that's another question that I was kind of curious around is like you know people go through these experiences and sometimes I feel like the things that I offer I, I wonder whether you know that I get curious around the deep transformative elements of that but I was kind of there is yeah. something to be said around planting seeds as well hundred percent. It's all valuable. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's, it's um, the planting seeds is really important, but that that's, I think in the, that the reframing is in for me and the work is around. That's why I always talk about initiation mm. because it's like the seed will be planted in one place, but then the initiation, I call that an activation. Yes. And then the initiation is the learned lived experience, the embodied wisdom that's gained through time and then as we move through time we match it with how we place things out into the world so that's so I got to a certain place and now I'm having to step in to step up to then level out to that next yeah yeah so it's a constant initiation when I in my mind keep myself understanding that this life path that I'm choosing is an initiation 
I can't fall into ego too much because how could I? Because I'm always going to be in, I'm always going to be this teacher and the student. I'm never going to be just the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing to balance this deepening of education with the offering aspect as well, because, and, and obviously um, the business side of all that as well. So there's a yeah. service, there's the business, and then this is well, deepening of education so that you can deepen that service as well. Yeah. And yeah. It's and an interesting I'll, thing to juggle. With um, my students, I often will say, you know, um, I'm learning from you as well. Like I'm learning mm-hmm. just, as mu- just as much, like when, especially in the residency work, because everyone's in my home for a start and it's basically they're coming into my life to live with me. And in that space, um, I have work to share. And, but I always think about it that I've been given a degree of understanding so that I can help activate that in others. And as I'm seeing that activation, I'm learning back yes. from it. And that's deepening yeah. my understanding of the work more. Yeah. So that the next group of people I go to, that's the ancestral flame keeping that I talk about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting, I've, I've observed the same process take place. It's like the more people that I, um, yeah, that I share my offerings with, the sense of, um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot from their stories and, 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 and looking at having a glimpse into so many windows and, and connecting that back into my own window and, and then being like, oh, and that deepens my offering for the next, so, yeah. Very, yeah. a very interesting process. And then, yeah, and then there's like these steps that take place that require a period of time for that yes. cocoon to be built and for that transformation to take place. Yeah, and even questioning, you know, so I've even been in a space of questioning, you know, who am I to be this? Who who do I think I am that I think I can, you know, hold this body of work, you know, because I'm certainly not the only one. So why is it that I hold it in this way? So these kind of people are drawn towards this work, you know, why me? So all that kind of, that's been coming up for me a lot. So sitting in that kind of shadow you know, part of it as well. And um, yeah, and being open to dropping things that, yeah, maybe aren't resonant anymore. Yeah. And figuring (laughs) that can be a hard process of letting go at the same time. I've just recently experienced that because I was serving cacao for a very long time, like a long time Mm. in terms of where it's at and in the West. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm in retirement at the moment and that's been, a, a big thing because I've been I it's almost like I I was wondering if I had there's a, a lot of who I was that was defined by I'm a cacao facilitator sure and now I'm not anymore yeah and there's power in that yeah. because it's requiring me to dig deeper and move more into other ways of working in a ceremonial space well, I think that's where a lot of the issues that I've been finding come, have come up in terms of having to, you know, first of all, promote the promotion thing makes me yeah. feel a bit sick, but there's Bye. a sense of like, I'm now this person that is, you know, um, I'm going to put a label, there's a label on label. me. And that's, I guess there's an illusion of that being a permanent thing rather than a recognition that that's a transient state. And that's just another element of one part of my journey that will then you know, through the process of impermanence, how everything's, how we're evolving in every moment, 
the sense of that's going to be shed at some point as well or integrate into something else and yeah become new language you know you know we re we re language who we are and and that's part of the movement as well yeah so right. yeah yeah I'm, I'm wondering I'm I know we've kind of <laughs> gone to a few different interesting places <laughs> we really have <laughs> yeah um and I've got it what like this curiosity coming up around um yeah, what you were doing before and how often you were having these people live with you and yeah. then what, what's coming up for you in terms of if you've even found it another kind of thing, but it sounds like you're, you've gone into a deepening uh, <laughs> process of, of service and, um, yeah, and how that fits into the bigger picture of, you know, you, your space to just be, you know, and space to be with your partner and space to be with the land. I mean, I'm sure it's all integrated and, I'm just curious how you got so everything so integrated. And I know there's a difference in age and experience with us and there's this kind of um, pathways and journeys, but there is this interesting kind of curiosity of the process taken to move from, you know, this one version of reality into one that is more connected um, through a series of developing choices and openings and, and, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if all of that. I just tend to it block things sense. together. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to say that I'm, I've got it all integrated, but I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> There's moments of it where I'm like, yes. And then other moments where I'm like, hmm, still got so much to work out there. But but there is a lot to kind of to honour in terms of, yeah. you know, your journey in terms of, you know, living on the land and offering yeah. these experiences, even in the in the previous version yeah the the um iteration that it's been can yeah as to where it's going but you know one of the biggest um changes was literally being able to move into a forest so you know how right at the beginning of our conversation I talked about uh, the literal steps that we physically might have to take in in our environment like we we, we might do ritual in order to from to to show up to spirit that we're moving from one space to another. Yes. And one of those big things for me was moving into a forest. Um, so I, I actually studied herbalism when I was very, very young. I was in my late teens, which is pretty amazing. Now, I never knew that at the time. And I certainly didn't even think about it through my 20s or my 30s or even my 40, uh, early 40s. But I realize now how monumentous that choice was to who I am now and the cyclic nature of that 30 year period, mm. you know, 35 year period or 33 years, however long it was of when I made that decision to start studying herbal medicine. And then I was also lucky enough to spend three months with a group of women. Um, uh, and they were connected in through that, the sort of the green lineage. The green Where was that? In Christchurch in New Zealand. Nice. Yeah. I was 19 at the time. Wow. Studying herbal medicine. Yeah. And learning about the land and plants and organic gardening. And I learned about, you know, sitting around with women, um, drinking tea and talking about feelings. And um, I learned the old ways and well, was initiated through the old ways. And that is part of the reason why I do what I do now is because of that experience. But it's not necessarily experience that I went out and looked for. It's It turned up in my reality because it was part of my timeline to get me to this moment that I am now, whereas now I am the person that holds those spaces. Whereas I was the youngest in that group of women 
I actually um, have one photo of that group of women, women that's up on my um, Instagram. Um, I was so happy when I found it actually, because it, it really re it reminds me of that cyclic nature of time. And so when I moved to the forest, it allowed that that was in me to start to wake up again around mm. my understanding of the earth and plants and um um practicing animism and from that point I was able to um start making medicine because again because I was in a bioregion that was abundant with with plants that I could wild harvest and forage and so I was started I was able to set up a, my apothecary and start making medicine and slowly starting offering it to people in small batches and um, and then, and that's kind of it just spelled on, um, it spouted on from that point of then I was able to, you know, invite students to stay, come and stay with me. So I was up until recently um, offering residency work where people would come and stay for a week with me in the forest and I would have around six people at a time and they would live in a separate house. I would have a different house for them. So they would have their own house so they could have their own container of group energy because what I learned through experience with working with groups of people in the old ways is what what I learned when I was 19 is the group container and what you learn from each other is just as important as important as the work itself. Mm, that's its own form of medicine. It's yeah. its own form of medicine and, and they're teaching and learning off each other. And so they have their own house and they cook their meals together and then they come to me in the morning and we open in circle and we drink Thai for hours and we just, we do the old ways. We share and we talk and we cry and we laugh. And, and then we move into the body of work for the rest of the day. And we do that day in, day out for six days. And then I have to try and like expel them all. Come on, off you go, go home now <laughs> <laughs> after a week. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I ran my last one a few months ago, um, which was as part of my, retiring and my rebirth into my next space and what the world was showing me that we needed more of was the old ways um this is how I was taught um obviously in between that period of time of me initiating in the old ways as a younger person and then you know living in the city and becoming a mother and studying and working and all the things a lot of that got forgotten and it was when I came to the forest that it started to yeah. you know awaken again um, and so now where I'm moving is into apprenticeships so what I'm going to be offering from next year is if if you want to if you really believe in this work then it requires you to commit to 12 months now um, in rites of passage and initiation over a 12-month period so I'm going to be offering um, a plant and earth pathway apprenticeship that I call, and this is my own word, and I love it. It's Earth Doulership. So it's an Earth Doulership, and that's going to be around connecting into the Earth wisdoms and creating a, a panacea of plants that you um, initiate with in its in their totality over a period of time. So it's not a herbal medicine course. It's more um, a way of working with plants from an animist perspective. And then the other pathway is the shamanic and ceremonial crafting pathway. 
And so over 12 months, it's really digging into this, your, your shamanic blueprint. And that I'm not talking about South American, North American. It could be any, it could be your own thing. It could be Celtic. It could be nothing. It could be just something that you understand within yourself. That's, 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 um, that's wanting to live that the good red road, wanting to live that middle path um, in, in a ceremonial way. So that's more about people who are wanting to activate this, the shamanic aspect in them to place into a ceremonial setting. Hmm. So they're the, so that's where I'm sort of heading now. So they're going to, they're called earth wisdom apprenticeships. They're a, they're a move on from the, um, from the residency work. So they're kind of, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of the work is similar, um, but deeper and, and a lot longer initiation processes. And that all came from me sitting back in the space of, um, we need to bring back, yeah, I keep saying it, but bring back the old ways, but but more in a space of, of deep reverence for what it is that you're doing, not just about a fly-by-night course, maybe that plants the seed, but if that's the case, then here's an opportunity for someone to come and deepen their understanding. So for a herbalist who studies Western medical herbalism, if they came and did work for, with me, the difference is I'm not going to teach you about the constituents of a plant. I'm going to teach you or help you remember how to connect with the botanical consciousness and the imprint and how you see yourself in that plant and how that plant sees themselves in you and that relationship. So it's a very different understanding of, of more in folk herbalism than anything else. And, yeah, it sounds like it's quite an it would be quite an experience from a practical sense rather than just from the mind, the sense of actually yeah. working for 12 months. And I'm I'm curious, yeah. would people stay with you for this period or imagine that <laughs> my partner would be like, What? No, a lot of it will be online. So there'll yeah. be online components and then there'll be um like um three or four days sort of retreats where they'll come for a, to get some activations. Yeah. From- from being here on the land but part of the reason why I want people to do it in their own spaces is so people start to learn about the bioregional aspects and yeah. their own biome so it's not they, like they're going to you and learning something then coming back into their life yeah it's they're getting like to, it's happening at the same time that's it and then they can come for a couple of days for a certain thing I don't even exactly know yet all the information for this will be closer to the end of the year is when I'll release it all yeah yeah, so it's exciting. It's a big, big undertaking, but it's 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 where where it needs to be. And um, you know, I would have loved to have had that myself. So um, for that longer period of time, and I mean, I've done it myself, but I would love to have seen it offered in this way. So yeah, that's yeah, that's, where that's, that's very exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited Thank for you. you. And I'm sending some kind of blessings of love and Thank light in the direction you. of this project. I feel yeah this is almost like yeah there's like a um <laughs> there's it's it's more deeply grounded and rooted in what you're wanting and it makes yeah, well, sense from what you shared it's about um well my new business name is um kin of the fian danu and it's in irish it basically an roundabout mean way means um the kindred of the wild great mother mm. so it's really about a desire to cultivate wild relationships back to the natural world that that would be my catchphrase if someone asked me yeah 
what it is, just cultivating that connection back to the land. And how do we go about that? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Step by step. Yeah. Yeah. Dream it back. Dream yeah. it back. <laughs> yeah. How magical of a thing. You just, even you just kind of, yeah, going on this journey and, and this idea that's been percolating and for this to come into reality is, and for you to be able to kind of birth this offering. Um, yeah. Well, thank in, you for that too, though, because this is the first I've spoken about it with you. Yeah. It's very exciting. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, getting that medicine drum out right now and just kind of. I know. <laughs> this is awesome. Right there, it's hanging on the wall. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very, very nice. So thank you so much for kind of sharing all this. And um, I guess it would be good because if people are kind of watching or listening and there's probably some people that might be interested, would you be able to share a bit about how they can get in touch with you? Just that standard kind of piece around your details i'll obviously put links in and things like that yes, as well yes so at the moment i by the time this podcast gets released <laughs> i'm sure that i'll actually have my um my new website is like half done so oh nice yeah so early september i'll have it live brand new website and it's kin of the fiandanu.com but it'll be in your links so people can see how it's definitely <laughs> it's yeah. all in irish and Instagram social handles are the same, will be the same, Kin of the Fiandanu. Yeah. Um, and uh, through my website, you can email and contact me if mobile, everything is on there as well. And all the information about all the offerings to do with the Earth Wisdom Apprenticeships. And I also have uh, an apothecary that will be up there called Wild Kin as well as I'll be doing counsel with botanical consciousness on one-on-one with people where we just sit in conversation um, with the plants and see what comes through um, for a person, what plants mm. come through, what medicine comes through for them from the plant realms. Um, and if they need to integrate or work with that green body of the plant, then I can point them in the right direction or they can get medicine from me. So there's and then also the ceremonial work and it'll all be, it'll all be on the, the website. Seems like there's a lot packed there's in, a lot. lot of experience and, and kind <laughs> of teachings packed in. But luckily is, I have a lot of my students helping me otherwise um, in, in, in different ways. So yeah, that's a beautiful thing as well. To be able to, oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. part of initiation work is assisting and yeah. That, so thank you for tuning in to part two of this two-part series with Renee McCready. I hope that you've been able to, yeah, deeply connect with the wisdom shared through Renee's teachings and stories and sharings. It really means a lot that you're here with us and hopefully that can pass through your being and be nourished and transformed into a deeper offering that you may contribute to the blossoming of the emergent world story. If you'd like to go deeper with either working with me one-on-one -on -one or with Renee, head over to todaydreamer.com and send me a message, an email, or click on the links that I've provided uh, to get into Renee's work. I really appreciate your presence and your engagement, and I will catch you in the next episode.